0: I know the holidays are a time we're all supposed to get excited about, but sometimes it just feels like I can't celebrate until I get through my never-ending to-do list that includes gifts. It's exhausting. I mean, I love the smile on people's faces when I get them something that's going to be meaningful and that they love, but the truth is it's also really hard and I'm really getting tired of giving people the same old, same old. I mean... I feel like we're finally emerging from this pandemic, and I just want something that will get them to smile. So, my team and I have been working really hard to up the ante over at Grown Up Gear with some super fun new stuff. My personal favorite, the baby bibs and the onesies with phrases like, I can't believe you're the grown up either, and new colors and designs of our top selling generosity line. And for the holidays, if you spend just $50 on any of the items from our generosity collection, we will gift you a $10 gift certificate that you can spend on something to be generous to, well, yourself. Just use code HOLIDAY, H-O-L-I-D-A-Y. And thanks again to everyone supporting Grown Up Gear. Your business helps support projects like this podcast, which remain free for all of you. Happy holidays, guys.
1: It's really hard as parents not to rest your kids and you say you've done it, I know I've done it, and you're standing there and they're so disappointed. But it is a really important lesson that they have to understand that, you know, money's a finite resource and you have to do some planning and you have to do some research and know what things cost and whether you have enough. You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grown Ups with me,
0: certified financial planner Bobby Rebel, author of how to be a financial grown-up. And you know what? When it comes to money, being a grown-up is hard, but together, we've got this. Hey, grown-up friends, and happy holidays, whatever holidays you are celebrating. It is the season for so many good things, but we also want to make sure that we keep our kids from developing bad money habits, because that can happen with all the giving that goes on. Giving and getting presents is good, don't get me wrong, but we just want to make sure that the young people in our lives don't get a sense of entitlement, not just because we'll have to live with it, but also because it's just not going to serve them well as they grow into being grownups. Robin Tobe is the author of The Wisest Investment, Teaching Your Kids to Be Responsible, Independent, and Money Smart for Life. While she's based in Canada, her lessons are really universal. In my interview with Robin, we talk about using the holidays as an opportunity to teach kids, well, to be their best selves, maximize the fun and giving spirit of the holidays, and not get caught up in the, you know, all the bad stuff, all the me, 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 get me, get me, buy me, buy me, right? We've all heard that. Robin is so warm. You can tell she has a great heart. And really cares about teaching young people. I think that's why we bonded so much. You're going to love this interview. Here is Robin Tobe. Robin Tobe, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast.: Thanks, Bobby. We are of like minds across international borders. You are Canadian. I am obviously a U.S. citizen, but we are like minds because we both are very interested in teaching children about money. I heard about your book, The Wisest Investment, Teaching Your Kids to Be Responsible, Independent, and Money Smart for Life, and I had to have you on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. By the way, so this book full disclosure it is a book that is has Canadian references but I think there's a lot of lessons that are universal and cross the international border between the US and Canada. so I think that we're gonna have a lot to discuss. Good. so starting with the fact that you specialize in teaching parents how to teach their kids about money and in the book you go through different ages, you really start at the very youngest ages. It is the holiday season. It's a time when little kids may be asking for more and more and more, and this may be a time when things slow down a little bit with the older kids, the kids in elementary, middle school, maybe even high school. They may have more time to be around you. What kind of opening does this create for parents to have those discussions about money and money lessons with their children?
1: I think with holidays and gifts, you can have a talk about needs versus wants, because I think this is the time of year where everyone wants the fun things, the things that are not, you know, must-haves for survival, but the nice-to-haves. So having a conversation with your kids about what things cost and how, you know, if they're working, like how many hours it would take to work. They would have to work to earn something like the equivalent of what they want and just Talking about things like even buyer's remorse and thinking before you buy something, being more mindful about your spending. And one
0: thing that parents want to teach their children about, obviously, is being generous and giving. What kind of opportunities are presented around that during the holiday season?
1: I think you could be going with your kids to a place where they're giving out hot meals to people that are homeless or having trouble this time of year. It could be donating dry goods or new toys to, uh, you know, an organization that's collecting for families that are in need this year. I feel like doing a project like that as a family really does help put things into perspective. If your kids are developing a sense of entitlement and it it just opens their eyes up to the fact that not everyone lives the way that they do. And it, it teaches them to be grateful for what they have, which I think is a really important message all year round, but especially around the holidays when, you know, they can be a little bit demanding of all the things on their list. What are some good ways to even
0: open the conversation about money with kids, especially at the younger ages, if they don't show an interest in it and they don't really ask you, how do you even bring it up?
1: Yeah. Like, as you mentioned, my book does start at, at the younger end, like around five. And I say that it usually does start when they go to school, like preschool, and they can see what other kids have and do. And, and they might start expressing a curiosity around money. If they haven't initiated it and you think that they are ready based on their maturity, uh, you can start with cash and you can start by showing them bills and coins and, and how you use those to pay for things, assuming you still do here and there. Um, and you can play counting games with, with money. Canadian money is actually a lot more colorful and interesting <laughs> than American money. So that's something that, you know, I, I did when my kids were little. But it's always about sharing age-appropriate information. So you're not going to interest a five-year-old and things that are outside of their little world. So, you know, what does an ice cream cost? And what does an apple cost? And and what about this toy that they want? You know, how much does that cost? And and showing them how you would actually add that up with cash and pay for it.
0: One thing that is interesting is in the book you talk about, you know, if a little boy or I'm it was a little boy or a little girl, whatever, if a, if a child wants something and they're short, like they have a certain amount of money at the store and they come up short, many parents and I myself have been guilty of this pony up the last dime or whatever it is you say not to do
1: that yeah there is a story in the book about letting your child walk away empty-handed because they didn't have enough they hadn't saved enough or maybe it was a simple question if they didn't have enough for the tax the sales tax and again that's another really good teachable moment because it's not just the sticker price it's all these additional taxes so yeah it's really hard as parents not to rescue your kids and you say you've done it I know I've done it and you're standing there and they're so disappointed but it is a really important lesson that they have to understand that you know, money is a finite resource and you have to do some planning and you have to do some research and know what things cost and whether you have enough.
0: And it's interesting because that's sort of an, an evergreen lesson and many of the book's lessons are evergreen, but the book is actually 10 years old and you've updated it. Tell me about what changed over the last decade when you went back and looked at it. How has the world changed and therefore the way that we teach our children about money has changed?
1: Quite a bit, it's changed quite a bit and in two major ways, I would say. The first is that we live in an increasingly cashless and digital society. With young kids, you still wanna teach them with cash because it's tangible and concrete and it's not as conceptual, but older kids are ready to learn about digital money, but that has been a huge change. Like, we are rarely using cash anymore. We are tapping, we are using our phones, you know, everything's being done from our phone or computer. You know, a lot of people were taught about money using jars and using cash and sort of when you run out, then, you know, you know, you can't spend anymore. Well, that doesn't really happen anymore. And we also don't feel that same pain of loss that you feel when you hand money over to somebody when you just tap. Like it just doesn't feel the same, you know, that same visceral feeling. You have to build some of that friction back into the system And as much as technology has made spending so much easier and it's really changed the game on how we manage money, you can also use it to help you. So I think that this move to digital has been huge in how we teach our kids and some of the challenges. And the other thing was COVID, was the pandemic. It just felt like it was a wake-up call for parents, well, for everyone really about being prepared financially and about the importance of making sure the next generation is prepared whether it's something you know crazy like a pandemic where things were shut down for a while and some people weren't able to work, or be prepared for something good like some kind of a financial windfall. On the downside, like a lot of people didn't have emergency money and they were really scrambling until the government stepped in with assistance. So just how important it is to have that safety net built. Do you think that
0: the pandemic made or created a situation where parents were more candid with their children about
1: money? I think that especially teenagers and older kids, they are aware of what's going on in the house. And I think it is a catalyst for some difficult conversations. You know, you want your child to have some context as as to what's happening in the household. If you have to say no, maybe this year celebrations are not going to be what they have been in the past for that reason. But you also have to take on the responsibility of managing the household. Like you don't want to overburden your child with too much information or worry them. Even like teachable moments, like taking your kid grocery shopping, that was such a go-to example. And all of a sudden, like no one was going to grocery stores, everyone was shopping online. So just like, how do you then use those as opportunities to teach your kids?
0: Well, you can also sit at the computer with your kid and go shopping online with your kids all the same. Yeah, for sure. The other interesting thing is that, you know, you talk about digital tools. We can also see when, so I no longer give my child actual cash. I have, he has a debit card that actually works through digital, you know, it's through his phone on on Apple pay. And so I can see everything he buys. How would you recommend? Sometimes I don't like what he buys. How would you handle this with a child? How do you discuss what they're buying when they're not, they don't necessarily fully understand that you see everything.
1: Yeah. Well, is your child a teenager? Well, this one is he's 14.
0: Yes. But you know, any kid that has a debit card, you know, there's, you used to not, I think it's a great tool because you used to, they give you, you give them money and you kind of don't know exactly, but here you can see they were at Dunkin' Donuts at 3.30 PM with their friends after school.
1: Yeah, that's a good example. I mean, you're right with cash. It's not traceable. So he might've been doing that. You just didn't know about it with teenagers, the allowance that you're giving them, assuming you're having a conversation or I would recommend parents do have a conversation about it. Like, what are the expectations? Is it just for their wants? Is it for just, going to Dunkin Donuts after school, or is it supposed to cover some other things, maybe cell phone or have that conversation about who's paying for what? Are they working? Are they contributing also? You know, are you just paying for everything in the household? And most parents aren't charging like teenage kids living at home rent or anything like that. But, you know, just going over what their daily spending or their weekly spending looks like. And then I would sort of try and step back because you don't want to fight every little battle, as you know, as a parent. Uh, You don't want to be arguing over every, uh, you know, wasteful coffee or drink or fast food meal that they buy. If you've kind of got the big picture category sorted out, like you're giving them some money for entertainment and some money for uh, transportation and clothes, then I think within that, you want to let them do what they want because they are going to make mistakes and waste money and you kind of want them to because that's how you learn speaking of coffee, my my daughter went through a phase in high school where she was going to Starbucks all the time after school. And I know when I would Take my kids to Starbucks. I wouldn't get anything because it was too expensive when for you know for two or three people. So when she was going every day herself, she was spending like five six dollars at a pop. So that could be thirty dollars a week. Did you ever talk to your daughter when you were going
0: to Starbucks with all of them and buying them treats and not yes. not buying yourself? You would you say to them, "I'm buying you, but I'm not buying myself because it's too expensive."
1: Yes, I would. And I mean, it didn't work, Robin. They didn't I know listen. it might make me look <laughs> cheap, but I didn't really care because I was like, I don't really need this or want this up badly and it was more like an outing so it's like happy to buy it for you guys but I don't need this so I don't really I'm not going to spend the money on myself but I think you know it became for her the social thing it was like they went on mass after school as a group and you don't want to be the odd kid out and whatever but it does it can really add up and my son was the same but for him it was like cans of pop at a convenience store across the street you know and if you bring it from home it's way cheaper how do you handle that peer pressure to spend money
0: With kids because that's that's what you're talking about
1: it is and it's so hard now right because it's in person and it's online with social media and social commerce and stuff yeah it's a really hard thing again I think it goes back to needs versus wants just emphasizing that with your kids you know like first we have to take care of the must-haves for survival and then if there's money left over for the nice-haves okay when they start working even as teenagers And they have to earn some of their own money to pay for some of the things that, you know, that they have FOMO over or peer pressure over. And they know that they have to work a certain number of hours to be able to afford that thing. It makes it a lot more real for them. Like when they're spending their own money compared to when they're spending yours, it just hurts more. So, you know, and even if you've given them that money as an allowance, as you were saying, it's still their money and they have ownership over it. And they know if they spend it on this, they won't have it left over for that. So it it forces them to make these choices. So I think that's another way. Doing those family philanthropy projects that we talked about, maybe, you know, around the holidays, but all times of year, schools are always doing fundraisers. Just also reinforces the fact that life is not just about consuming and having the latest this and the and the greatest that and just having some kind of a gratitude practice even informally at home like going around the dinner table and everyone sharing one thing that happened that week that they're grateful for it just it just changes the context and from like this whole like gotta have it gotta have it now I deserve it you know to like life's about a lot more than just stuff what's your number one money tip for parents I think for parents, it's to try to get their own financial house in order so that they can be good financial role models and lead by example. Kids are watching and listening and learning, and they are aware of both the good and the bad money habits in the home. So they're modeling us. We are their role models for so many areas, including with money. So I think that's like an easy way. In some ways, it's hard if you haven't done that, if you're not financially on top of things. But if you are, then just by doing what you do normally, you're teaching your kids. You know, they have a good example to follow. Thank you so much. Where can
0: people follow up with you and be in touch?
1: I have this book that has now been updated called The Wisest Investment. And that is the name of the website where you can find it and links to it, as well as some free resources. Um, I actually have an exercise from the book, that will help parents figure out if they're a good financial role model and how they could become one. Um, and that's all on the Wisestinvestment.com, and then on social media, I'm Robin Tobe, which is TAUB.: Thank you so much. Thanks, Bobby. So much great stuff in that interview,
0: especially that last part, about the fact that whether we are aware of it or not, the kids are watching how we talk about money, and they are probably a lot more aware of what is going on with us financially than we realize, especially since so many of us were home so much more with those kids around in the last year and a half. I love this topic and I am so excited to start sharing more about my next book, Launching Financial Grown Ups with all of you soon. To learn more about it, please go to my website, bobbyrebell.com. You can learn more just in the drop down menu, click on books, but also sign up for my newsletter. There's an invitation right there waiting for you when you go to the website and I will keep you posted. In the meantime, I would love to hear your tips on this topic, or if you have any more questions or topic suggestions that you want to hear more about on the podcast, DM me on Instagram at BobbyRebel one and on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And big thanks to the wisest investment author, Robin Tope, for helping us all be financial grownups. Money Tips for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media LLC, editing and production by Steve Stewart guest coordination, content creation, social media support, and show notes by Ashley Wall. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned in the show, as well as show transcripts by going to my website, bobbyrebell.com. You can also find an incredible library of hundreds of previous episodes to help you on your journey as a financial grown up the podcast, and tons of complimentary resources associated with the podcast is brought to you for free, but I need to have your support in return. Here's how you can do that. First, connect with me on social media at BobbyRebell1 on Instagram and BobbyRebell on both Twitter and on Clubhouse, where you can join my Money Tips for Grownups Club. Second, share this podcast on social media and tag me so I can thank you. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And you know what? It really motivates others to subscribe. You can also support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. And most of all, help your friends on their journey to being financial grown-ups by encouraging them to subscribe to the podcast. Together, we got this. Thank you for your time and for the kind words so many of you send my way. See you next time. And thank you for supporting Money Tips for Financial Grownups.